Welcome to Books and Beyond with your hosts, Karen and Louisa. Join us for half an hour of information, entertainment, reading recommendations, and beyond. Brought to you by Auckland Libraries. I know this girl, and she works in a library, yeah. Kia ora listeners, thanks for tuning in. This is your host Alison and today I'm going to be talking about some exciting new and emerging authors. I've got a whole stack of recently published books to discuss. Now the authors are all young and um, in the literary world we define young as being under the age of 40 Um, and now I know that's could be a little bit controversial because it kind of depends where you sit on the spectrum yourself. Some people think 40 is old and others think that it's young. And myself, I'm not going to make any comment on that. So we're moving right along. So we've got under 40 um, years of age. I always think that writing's um, actually a bit like Tai Chi in that we get better at it as we age. Now, most of today's authors are in their early 30s, and one of them, um, notably, in fact, was only 20 when she published a year ago, and her work is pretty impressive. So, now, my overall impression of these writers um, is that uh, we are in really good hands. Um, These new and emerging authors, they've really got it. Um, I think you'll be impressed with what they're doing. Now, the themes that are that are coming through these books, um, you know, they're pretty universal. They're the themes that have been written about forever, really. Uh, we've got love and loss and belonging. And um, add to the mix, of course, the phenomenon that we're seeing now of mass migration, um, which, you know, is happening at an unprecedented scale at the moment so with these ones we're seeing books that are about the loss of homeland um, characters who are grieving for family left behind and trying to fit in in their new lands Um, something else that's coming strongly through is that um, distress and trauma travel with those who migrate so that moving to a different country means that in fact, all of your problems actually just move with you. But I guess, you know, that's a pretty universal theme as well and pretty timeless because when we look at Jane Austen or George Eliot's novels, the characters may have moved counties with all of their problems, um, but the problems uh, moved counties with them as well. So it's just that um, these days the distances travelled by the characters are so huge. But what comes through strongly is that happiness isn't a place on a map. Um, then if we add to the mix, um, what we have now is that the huge techni- technological advances that have been made in recent years. And this is explored in most of the books. Now, um, a few words about the language that um, we're seeing in these new books. Uh, A couple of the books today that I'm going to be talking about, um, you know, they're they're a little bit avant-garde, but when I was reading them, I found, you know, it was best just to go with the flow, kind of just 
open the curtains and windows of my mind and and let the currents of the prose flow through my brain. And I found that was the best way to get the most of of the writing. Um, you know, I have a lot of thoughts about the avant-garde. Um, I'm a bit of a fan of it myself, but... You know, about a hundred years ago, um, Gertrude Stein wrote um, the famous phrase, a rose is a rose is a rose is a rose. And um, the critics largely dismissed her writing as absolute repetitive nonsense, um, which was very hurtful at the time to Gertrude. But if we fast forward a hundred years, you know, to 2019, uh, just recently, I was listening to an interview with the Prime Minister of Canada, Justin Trudeau, and he was um, asked about the United States border crisis and how the American immigration situation compared with Canada's. And he said, and I quote, look, a Canadian is a Canadian is a Canadian. Um, and I can't remember if he added a fourth is a Canadian, but um, he definitely said three is a Canadians. And, you know, I thought this was such such an elegant response because it had Gertrude Stein written all over it. And we all knew what he meant. The, the meaning was so clear in this elegant use of language. So, you know, one man's avant-garde is... Um, nonsense and an, and to another man woman it's literary canon so um it's just i think that many new writers are really ahead of their time okay so let's go to the books now um just to let you know too that um the details of the books that we're going to discuss today they'll be put up on our show notes uh, on the auckland library's blog and this can be accessed via uh, the Auckland Library's website and also the Planet FM website. So the first book that I want to talk about is, um, it's a memoir and it's set in Vancouver, Canada. And the author is Lindsay Wong and she was born in 1987. And the book is called The Woo Woo, How I Survived Ice Hockey, Drug Raids, Demons and My Crazy Chinese Family. So what a great title. Now, um, Lindsay Wong grew up um, in Vancouver uh, and her grandmother lived with the family and the grandmother had mental illness. And her mum also was deeply afraid of this phenomenon called the woo-woo, which are Chinese ghosts who come to visit during times of turmoil. And boy, what a tumultuous tale this one is. So um, Lindsay is a, a witness to the woo-woo's sinister effects from a really young age. And, you know, when she's only six years old, her mother moves the family to the food court of the local shopping mall. And um, this is where they live for quite some time. Uh, they're hiding from the ghosts. Um, her mother, she's kind of a, a modern-day exorcist, really, and she's trying all sorts of bizarre rituals and spells in order to be free of the woo-woo. And uh, the family drama reaches its 
peak when Lindsay's aunt um, actually brings the entire city of Vancouver to a standstill on Canada Day when she um, attempts to jump off a bridge. It's really, it's awful, but um, it's very touching. Um, And Paul Lindsay, one of her biggest fears is that she's going to suffer the same experience of mental illness that her mother's family members have. Um, so a lot of the memoir is actually um, about her um, trying to work through this trauma. But, um, you know, it's a funny and touching memoir and it tells you so much about the Asian immigrant experience. Um, it's also harrowing and um, it's pretty grim at times. But ultimately, you know, it's really hopeful. So... I would say that this one is definitely a recommended read. So that's the Woo Woo. Um, very highly recommended. So this next book is uh, it's a challenging read. Um, and it's called Peach by Emma Glass, who's also was born in 1987. And she's an English writer. Um, it's a, it's a pretty dark and disturbing novel, actually. It's about a young woman called Peach who suffers a a violent sexual assault. And it's about what happens next. What do you do? How does a person continue after a trauma like this? The writing is brilliant. Um, the prose is, it's evocative and it's very visceral. You know, at times reading it, I've actually felt physically ill um, while reading the language. Uh, the writing, it's rhythmic and fluid. It, um, it also brought to mind the, the works of Gertrude Stein, but it's much more dis- disturbing than Stein's sort of dreamlike writing. It's earthy and it's unconfined and it's very compelling. So this one... If you're feeling brave, then this is a book for you. But um, I'd say, you know, you're probably best to be in a pretty good emotional space for this one. But I I did feel as though I needed to include that on our list today. So that's um, Peach by Emma Glass. Okay, and now we're going to go from one extreme to another. Um, This one is called Kismet. And it's a novel by Luke Tredgett. And he's also about the same age as the other other writers. I think he's in his early 30s. And it's an English book as well. So I loved, I absolutely loved this book. It's um, a witty and modern love story. So I'm just going to read the, the blurb for you because I think it gives you a really good, uh, good, good idea about the book. So, um, and it starts like this. So, Anna is a 29-year-old woman on the verge of an existential crisis. She has a decent job, a handsome boyfriend, Pete, and a supportive best friend, but she yearns for something more. Several days before her 30th birthday, she secretly joins the dating app Kismet and looks for a love that can fulfil her fantasies. After all, Peach is only a 70% on her compatibility scale and she needs to know if she can find a better match. 
So then Anna meets Jeff, who scores an 81%, and she's faced with the decision to settle with what she knows or to give it all up for passion and adventure. So what would you do? Um, This is such a funny story. Um, When I read the book, I was thinking that um, it's like um, a cross between Pride and Prejudice, uh, 1984 and Bridget Jones. So anyway, that's my theory. I'd be keen to know if you if you agreed with that. It's a really topical book um, and it's set in London and it's about the search for love and of course that's a universal thing. That's what we are kind of programmed to do. Um, and so, you know, in our reality or in many of your realities, um, people use the, the dating app like Tinder and stuff. Well, in this novel, the dating app of choice is called Kismet. Wonderful name. Um, But Kismet, um, in a real sort of big brother kind of fashion, um, the app um, identifies ideal matches for people and it does this by analysing their online activity. So, in other words, Kismet uses every website ever visited, every item ever bought online, every Google search ever conducted. So Kismet, the app, appears to know people better than they know themselves. It's really um, the case of big data is watching you. Quite scary, actually. Um, So it's a Overall, Kismet's a satire, Um, it's a cautionary tale, Um, and it's full of ethical quandaries. But um, what's more, it's just an absolute hoot, actually. You'd really enjoy it. So um, that's a a great recommended read, Kismet by Luke Tredgett. Okay, so what I want to do now um, is move to our youngest writer on the list today and um, she is, as I said before, she was 20 when this was published um, in 2018 and her name is Jamie Marina Lau and she's an Australian author. The book is called Pink Mountain on Locust Island. So um, this book, um, it's a modern Australian take on the classic uh, hard-boiled novel. You know, you'll remember we've talked about the hard-boiled stuff on the show before. So they're um, tough, unsentimental, graphic, vivid. They're often kind of sordid and and urban. Um, She does a great job on this one. So the book's set in Chinatown in Melbourne, Australia, and it's about a young woman who lives with her father, and he's an artist, but he's kind of a has-been, really. And um, she has an eccentric aunt, um, which I think everyone needs to have an eccentric aunt, um, and she has a really unusual boyfriend. So, and it's about um, kind of trying to find where you belong um, in in a society, particularly when you come from an immigrant family. So the prose is quite dreamlike, but it's really musical too. Um, it's a very, very impressive debut from someone who, as I keep saying, was only 20 when it was published. Um, 
I wanted to just read um, one page um, from the book for you because I think it gives you a really good idea about the book. Um, this is a, um, a part where she describes, um, the main character describes listening to um, jazz music. So I'll just find my page and um, yeah so um, this it's just a page so bear with me um, and it's called uh, the chapter's called Elevator Music at the music store I ask for elevator music they ask what I mean by elevator music I explain you know what they play in elevators I hum a little bit da 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 they tell me, well, people play all kinds of things in elevators. Are you an idiot? The store clerk eventually directs me to the section with a sign that says Bossa Nova. I buy three CDs using the money Auntie Linda gave me to buy lunch. I take them back to her apartment. I play them on a little stereo in the living room. It's dark and steamy in here. It's not an elevator, but a silo for elastic sexiness and beach sides in Europe and tossing cherry tomatoes in a big stone bowl and late nights next to tiny flame candles in a black silk dress and a pier made of cobble and tar and tripping over because of the shiny red wine inside the purring throat and a purple sky and holding hands with each finger interrupted and late night espressos in tiny cups at the hotly lamped booth couches while the barista sweeps between circle tables and should we go so that they can close up but the music is still swelling so maybe they don't mind and a shimmering breeze outside the door but it's summer so the heat weaves between our arms and torsos and in the curves between our necks and we wonder if the night's finished but there are still wine glasses tinkering upstairs Inside blurred windows, apricots from the sensor light let people know that they'll be coming back to sell them suits and handkerchiefs and the little felt hats in the morning. The river is black goo. It's Astrid Gilberto, Stan Getz, a Paul Desmond collaboration. In the kitchen, SBS News is on and Auntie Linda chops yams at the bench. She asks me what I've been doing lately. I tell her it's none of her business. So I just thought that was a wonderful passage and it just shows what an amazing author she is. So that one's um, Pink Mountain on Locust Island by Jamie Marina Lau. Highly recommended. Okay, so now the next one that I want to go to, um, this is a book called Sight and it's by uh, an author called Jessie Greengrass and this is uh, English as well. So, um, and Jessie Greengrass is about the same age as most of these other ones. She was born in the 80s. So Sight, this is absolutely exquisite i'm uh, probably i think going to read oh yeah i'm going to read a little bit from it for you uh, just after i um, introduce it you'll love the writing 
Um, now, it was um, the novel was shortlisted for the Women's Prize for Fiction last year. It's um, basically about motherhood. Um, so a woman um, recounts her own decision to become a mother um, while remembering the death of her own mother and um, the childhood summers spent with her grandmother. Uh, and woven through these memories are true stories about significant events in medical history, such as the discovery of the X-ray. Um, and I, I think that's why the title is called Sight, because it's how we, what we see when we look. Um, it's a deeply moving and wonderfully written book. So I've just got a very small part to read to you. It's just a, a long paragraph, but I think you'll see how how beautiful the writing is. So this one, um, once again, it comes from uh, the book Sight by Jessie Greengrass, and she's a UK writer. The start of another summer, the weather uncertain, but no longer sharply edged, and I am pregnant again. In front of me is all the ordinary and useful disarrangement of my desk and beyond it the rain-smudged window with a view across our garden to where my daughter plays, watched over by Johan. She has begun to lose lately that tumbling immediacy of toddlerhood. I notice it when we walk together. Our strides separate or when we sit face to face across a table, how she is taller now and straighter and inflects her actions with intent. Once her thoughts broke like the weather across her face, but that readable plasticity is now gone and she's not so transparent. Complexity has brought concealment. The weight of her body when I lift her takes me by surprise. It's unfamiliarity, a reiteration of the distance between us. She used to clamber over me, her legs around my waist, her arms around my neck, as though I were furniture or an extension of herself, unthought of or intimately known. Now she stands apart and I must reach for her, on each occasion a little further, until then I've lost my place I reach a little further what happens I need to reach a little bit further myself I reach a little further until it seems her progress towards adulthood is a kind of disappearing and that I know her less and less the more she becomes herself this is how things ought to be, her going away while I remain. But still, I think that if I could, then I might reach across to where she stands, outlined against the violent yellow mass of a Forsythia bush, and pull her back to me to keep her always in my sight so that she might be nothing more than the sum of what I know of her. Now, I just thought that was absolutely beautiful. So another great book to read there so now my next um, book that I'm going to talk about this is a Canadian writer called Emma Hooper and the book is called Our Homesick Songs now this is another one that I just adored so Our Homesick Songs it's um, 
set in Newfoundland in Canada in the 1990s. So this one has no high-tech um, gadgets or anything like that. So um, Newfoundland um, and set in a, a fishing village uh, that's been populated exclusively by Irish immigrants. So once again, we're looking at the immigrant experience. Um, the book, oh, it's a really slow burn. It's an absolute delight to read. Um, but it is, it's, you've got to take your time with it. It's, um, poignant and it's touching. And, um, it tells the story about what happens when, uh, that concept that we see a lot of, that overfishing causes the village's economy to collapse. So, of course, this is a very topical subject matter. Now, um, you know, what do you do? Your economy has gone. Um, so there's a, in the book, it, there's a great sense of sadness and desolation. But also, you know, there's a stronger sense of wonder and joy and hope. Um, now, I love the Irishness in the book. The, those ancient melodies of Ireland, um, they're woven through the narrative and they really lend a sense of magical thinking to the story. So this tale, you know, it's haunting and it's um, about survival and family, fable, hope and, and transformation. So it's ultimately a very hopeful book um, about love um, and survival. So, you know, it's a highly recommended one. I really loved this. So that was called Our Homesick Songs and it's by Emma Hooper. I absolutely loved it. Okay, so now my next book um, that I'm going to talk about today, um, now this is by um, a young woman author called Akhil Kumarasamy and she was born in Sri Lanka um, and she's living now in, uh, the writer lives in the United States now but um, her book is called Half Gods. Um, really great um, book of, of short stories, this one. So um, the collection is, um, it's really beautiful. I love the way they've, perhaps her editor, I guess, has curated um, the stories. But it follows um, uh, a family, I guess, for whom the, the Sri Lankan Civil War is a constant backdrop to their lives and I, I imagine that that it would be if you as a family had been through such a traumatic thing so the family members who've survived the civil war they've managed to immigrate to america but what we see this um universal thing that happens is that their trauma and grief has traveled with them uh, the book is um, stunning, actually. It's deeply moving and the writing is is very elegant and clear. So um, with the author, it's almost like um, the decades of civil war have almost become embedded in her character's DNA. And it makes you wonder whether this trauma is embedded in her own DNA. It's um, a beautiful book. It's heartbreaking. Um, but it's a really satisfying read. And I think, um, you know, s sometimes 
in order to make sense of the world, we need to redraw the maps of everything we know. I guess that's kind of what I got out of of this book, really. Um, just an elegant, beautiful debut book. So that one's called Half Gods, um, and it's by Akhil Kumarasamy. Um, really, really highly recommended. So that's been quite a number of books. Um, probably don't want to um, bombard you with too many more. There's, I've got many more up my sleeve, but we can always do those at a later date. But I just wanted to um, recap what we've talked about today. So um, these books by young authors... They've discovered, discussed, I mean, uh, and discovered, of course, love, loss, music, children, migration, tough stuff, fun stuff, war, peace, fishing, struggling, and um, pink fluffy unicorns. I'm sure one of those books did. You'll know the one I'm talking about. Um, So, but basically writing is in good hands and it's in good health. I think we can relax um, because the new generation of writers are here and, you know, they're doing a really fine job. Um, so all is is good. Um, just remember that the books mentioned in the show are listed on our show notes. Um, so thanks for tuning in today and um, until next time, haere rā, happy reading. Enjoy the books. Um, Kakite Ano. This program was brought to you by Auckland Libraries. Find us online at aucklandlibraries.govt.nz and catch the program next Sunday at 9.35 p.m. on 104.6 FM or anytime online at planetaudio.org.nz slash books and beyond. Every day, every day, every day, every day.